Too often, faith becomes more about who is in and who is out or about who belongs and who does not. But in order for spirituality to be good for anyone, it has to be good for everyone. In this podcast, we find incredible people using their faith and life as a catalyst for goodness in this world. Be inspired to discover your own goodness in order to make your life, your family, your community, and your world better. Welcome to the Chasing Goodness Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Kinzera. Haven't had a guest in eons, eons. So I thought I would bring on somebody that I knew everybody would love. One of my great friends, Brian Wilcom. Welcome to the show, Brian. Hey, everybody. Good to be here. I'm not sure if everyone's going to love me, but well, I'll let you be the judge. That's okay, because they'll tell me if they don't, and then I won't. I will not pass that on to you. So I'll just let you believe that they do. Now, Brian is a former Catholic, former youth pastor, current, I don't know, do we call you a pastor? Not really, maybe. No. No, we do not former or current leader of beer church and of Jesus fit Jesus fit, which is encompasses beer church. So just give us a, uh, well, okay, let's, let's not jump into beer church yet. Just give us like the 30,000 foot view of who Brian Wilcom is. Just let everybody know who this great soul of a human is. Let it rip. I'm going to let her rip. Um, <laughs> well, I'll start off with uh, tacos because everyone loves tacos, tacos, coffee, wilderness experiences. Um, I just recently sat in a sauna. That was a lot of fun. Uh, let's see. Backpacking, fishing, food, really good. Just food. Now we're back to tacos again. I don't know. What do you want me to say? That's good. I don't, I don't have any preconceived notion of what you should say when I ask that question. It's just whatever you say is fine. There's I'm 37. No... I still like to catch frogs. Uh, I love Jesus. I love beer. The rest is just details. <laughs> <laughs> Married to Anna. Three children, correct? Three? Three Trace. kids, yep. Live on an old farm, mm-hmm. which is super fun outside of oh kind of outside eau claire so we're kind of we're eau claire buddies even though neither of us technically live in eau claire we probably both call eau claire kind of home although you'd probably call what fall creek or augusta a little closer to home it depends who i'm talking to it's usually just eau claire we live in fall creek but we're just like eight minutes from target that's usually what people want to know okay perfect and uh cross (laughs) current or former or both cross-country coach of the crickets yes the Fall Creek Cricket Middle School cross country team. Yeah, going into my third year. All right. So Brian, you like me, like grew up liking. Well, I think you like the Catholic Church, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I loved it. You love it. That's rare to meet people our age that grew up and were like, yeah, that's where it was at. And then <laughs> uh, eventually, so you did some some ministry work there. And then I know I met you when you were doing some work at a, a Lutheran church. And so church for both you and I, and a lot of people that probably listen to this show was like a huge deal. So share a little bit about what church meant to you both growing up and then even in your early adulthood up to probably, I don't know what, like two to four years ago. All right. Well, it's a good question. I would say there's aspects of the Catholic Church that I still really love and appreciate, although not all, of course. Um, 
And yeah, just growing up Catholic, we never missed a Sunday. It was all about the mass, making it to mass. I did the altar serving thing. You had some altar serving experience, right? I, well, I mean, back in my days, we just called it what it was, an altar boy, because there were no altar girls. So yes, I was an <laughs> all-star altar boy. One of my, um, one of my, you know, you don't have, a, the older you get, the less memories you have of like when you were really little. And I, one of the memories that I have when I was growing up is I, the, probably the biggest like fit I ever threw as a young, like elementary school kid was when a friend of mine asked if I could fill in for him on a Sunday morning as an altar boy. And my parents said I couldn't do it. And I just, I just lost my shit. I just lost it. <laughs> lost it. So yes, yes. I loved being an, an altar. You have person. always been a very special person, Matt. We, That's everyone so, knows that so on this podcast. True. <laughs> so true, Brian. Thank you for clarifying. Okay, yeah, so, so I grew, I grew up altar, altar person, altar, altering it up on the altar. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I had, uh, I went to this like Lutheran camp for a number of summers up in northern Wisconsin. That kind of opened my world up a bit. And then in college, I got into like the Campus Crusade thing. Gave my life to Christ as one does. <laughs> when you uh, are involved in those ministries and because you weren't really a Christian before. Uh -uh. Nope. <laughs> somehow. And then, yeah, I had a, had a pretty positive experience there. Although just the reoccurring theme is there's always just things that just got weird. It, it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, it was too intense. Um, and Ended up moving on from that, worked at in youth ministry for a long time at uh, Lutheran, Catholic, and non-denominational churches. Spent some time in Texas, but there were too many scorpions and stray dogs down there, so we got out of there. Which, <laughs> um, which was worse, the scorpions or the stray dogs? Or was it like equal parts of both? I'm not like a guy who has visions, but one time I was praying in this chapel they built and I literally had a vision of a scorpion stinging me. I was wearing Chacos. That's what you do when you work at a camp. And I had this vision of a scorpion stinging me on the foot and I just turned around and there was a scorpion right by my foot and I got up and stomped that sucker right, right in the middle of this like quiet adoration chapel experience. It was everyone turned around. It's great. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so then, harsh. okay. So then, that's harsh. So in the house of the Lord, you stomped one of his creatures. What a, what a guy. That could be a whole podcast in and of itself right there. Uh, we also killed a black widow spider with our uh, two-year-old's pool toy. So that was also <laughs> traumatizing. Um, There's too many things that can kill you down South. It's just the way it is. Everything is bigger. The, the insects, the, the, the burgers, the, the big gulps. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of love for my Southern friends, but yes. Good, um, good. Anyway. Uh, okay. So what else do you want to know? Well, I want to know where it started getting a little wonky for you. So, so both you and I, like I said, church meant, I mean, seriously, they're probably short of my family was nothing I cared about more than church and Jesus and ministry for the vast majority of life, like for the first 38 to 40 years of my life. And then it kind of, kind of went, went sideways a little bit. And mm -hmm. so share a little bit of your experience where you went from kind of being all in because it was your career as well. You're a youth minister and you were doing all sorts of great things. Yeah. And then at some point, you know, something kind of caused you to just start stirring at least up in your mind a bit. Yeah. 
Yeah, unlike a lot of my friends who got real and normal and more lucrative jobs, I decided to make a living out of ministry and church work. And so I've stuck with it for, you know, for over 15 years now. I did sell craft beer for a little while and had a couple other odd jobs, but it's mostly been ministry. Um, and yeah, I, I would just say, you know, there was one pretty bad experience I had a few years ago that launched me into what I'm doing now. But when I look back as a whole, I just had a lot of just there's been a lot of good ministry experiences, but there's been enough bad and weird and uh, questionable things where I just, yeah, I I, I feel like um, I'm now very, uh, I guess, reserved or um, I walk on eggshells around churchy people. Because, you know, you accumulate enough of these experiences and you're like, something's not right here. Something's weird. Something's wrong. There's, there's, what's that old expression? There's a fly in the ointment. Oh, that expression. I, I do not know that expression, but now I'm going to start You've using it all the time. You've heard that before? <laughs> this has been the first time I've used it publicly, so I apologize to everyone listening. Good job. There's something job. in there that was, was, uh, was causing it all to be unhealthy or always lean toward some some unhealth or some something weird or something bad most yeah. of the time so yeah now the cool thing because you know so many people who listen to this so many people that you and i run into i'm sure on a regular basis have had those experiences it just feels like most of the world has had a religious experience kind of like what you're describing you know something mm -hmm. just didn't feel right what used to be didn't seem to be anymore whatever you know people describe it different ways and mm -hmm. for a lot of people people just totally jump ship they're like this just won't be a part of my life anymore and i think mm -hmm. the cool thing about your story is that i think you were tempted to do that and maybe you did it a little <laughs> bit but it didn't take you very long like you said that experience that was kind of the last i mean what do they say like the you know the last last uh the last thing that kind of got you out of that sort of ministry was just if maybe three years ago, if even right, if I'm thinking right, right. Like, I don't even think yeah. it was three years ago. And so it didn't take you very long to get to the point where you're like, wait a second, I'm not just going to run away. I'm just going to start something. And I think that's a scary thing to do for people who have been in ministry a long time. Cause it's hard. People are going to have opinions, all that kind of stuff. And so, um, Mm -hmm. share share what you started share what you're doing and why you're why you're doing it and why you started it it kind of it kind of reminds me of your book uh bring it home like when we started jesus fit all of our faith and spirituality needed just to come back home and it needed to come back to a place where this fits this works for us we're excited about it still and we were still obviously super pumped about about jesus and I think when you become a parent too, you think more about your legacy and what you're passing on to your kids and, and others. And so um, some of what we started with Jesus Fit was a way to say, kind of, uh, uh, I guess, overcome some of the bad experience, but give our kids something better, or at least, at least what we thought would be good or take, a, like there's this cool story about like a tree and it gets it gets it's a coveted tree in some farmer's backyard and there's a storm that comes and takes the tree it's like this beautiful plum tree and the storm comes wrecks the tree and the neighbors come over and ask the guy well what are you going to do with the tree and he's like i'm going to pick the fruit and burn the rest <laughs> 
So I think that story is perfect for what I think what we tried to do with Jesus Fit. Um, Jesus Fit's our nonprofit where we uh, we create content, we host events like Beer Church, and we invite people into spiritual practices that we think are just healthy and good for anybody, not just Christians, but really for anybody. We try to be inclusive and open to all experiences. I'm a religious studies major from UW-Eau Claire, Blue Golds represent, uh, Matt can relate to that. But I have a huge disrespect and love for all faith and faith traditions and religions. Um, I, I know you do too, Matt. But this was a way for me to kind of bring everything I learned sort of together into one, mix it all up and see what just see what happened. And so we wanted to pick the fruit and burn the rest. <laughs> there's there's been a lot of burning too in the last few years, which that's, anyone that's who's deconstructing with... can relate to that. Well, and burning fits real good with Christianity in general. We're always talking about burning, you oh, know, whether it's souls in hell or <laughs> dead trees. And in, in your case, it's, you know, we always got to burn something. Otherwise it's not going to feel comfortable for us. So Holy Spirit's right. fire, man. So there yeah, you go. it's lit. There you go. <laughs> now Jesus fit is, uh, explain, uh, before we jump into beer church, which is the thing that everybody always wants to talk about with Jesus fit these days, which Absolutely. Is because it's pretty awesome. Um, <laughs> share a little bit about, because beer church didn't start till like a year into Jesus fit. So share a little yeah. bit about specifically the kinds of things that you're engaging in, because honestly, like when you say like spiritual practices that even freak some people out a little bit, right. So just share about how you do that in a way that, you know, doesn't freak people out because I don't think anything you're doing freaks yeah. anybody out. So I guess I go back to this phrase I keep repeating and that's um, we, we prioritize events over or not events. We prioritize practices. Practices make us healthy, not events. And so we just saw how, you know, being a part of the church for so long, we, we, we overdosed on these, on these religious events and they tended to not make any of us healthier or better people. I mean, I, I mean, that's I'm saying that very generally and with a broad brush, there's aspects of those events that were very helpful and inspirational to even to me. Um, so that needs to that needs to be said. But when you emphasize events too much, with the, which the church tends to do with just if you if you think of Sundays and whatnot programs, um, we're, we're not those don't necessarily lead to like a lifestyle or like the life practices that help us just be healthy, be more of who God wants us to be, help us like be grateful and kind and generous and loving human beings. And so the reason why we look at uh, practices, which are just these short term experiences, like I've created a, a one day, a seven day, 14 day, we have a 32 and 42 day challenge, just to invite people into uh, a more active experience, um, more active experience, a spiritual experience, as opposed to just sitting and consuming content. So there's so much content either um, on YouTube, online. You can watch sermons, worship stuff. You you can just go to go and just uh, sit back and enjoy the pastor's sermon. But this is more. This requires active participation, kind of like a gym workout. So that's why we say give your faith a workout. But it's about being spiritually healthy and well, and looking at those things that that will lead to that. If that helps. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> I think we're still I, working on it. That's all right. It out, but that's the beauty of it too. Yeah. And the cool thing about Jesus fit from everything that I've seen from that piece of it is that you're not, you have no intention of trying to tell people like the right answers to the questions they might have. It's much more an experience of walking alongside one another 
as we wrestle with those questions, whether we come to conclusions or not, it's much more the process that is the point as opposed to any conclusions, which are yeah. seem at least from my perspective, you can correct me if I'm wrong, seem a little bit secondary. Well, exactly. And we're all like, we live in a time where we're all stuck in our heads. We're just stuck in our heads 24 seven. We're distracted. We're on social media. We're, we're engaged online. Um, many of us work remotely or hybrid or whatever. And we're just stuck in our heads and we need, that's where our faith and spirituality can get us out of our heads and help us to uh, experience God either through nature, through meditation, through prayer, through rest. A, a nap can be extremely holy <laughs> moment. But like, I like to ask people and I want to ask you, like, what what's like a spiritual practice that just feels good to you these days? Like what's something that would be spiritually healthy for, for you? Yeah, I kind of have, I mean, I'm a, a little overachiever, so I'm going to give you like the three things that I, I'll just say I do them consistently. I don't do them every day, mm -hmm. but the one thing, and I've done this since I've been 17 years old is I, I journal on a regular basis. And that's always been writing things. Number one, it helps my head, it helps my mind. But yep. number two, it's, it's, it is a very spiritual experience to me. And I have like a, I actually, it's rooted in kind of a Buddhist tradition, the way that I do it. Um, mm -hmm. so there is like a spirituality to it. Second thing you already mentioned it is just getting out in nature. I try to do, you know, several times a week, just either get in a kayak, get on my bicycle, get in the woods, because to me, then everything becomes more clear. And then, uh, I said there was three now I can only remember two, but, uh, two, Oh, the other, I just love to read. And for me, it doesn't matter whether I'm reading a book about spirituality or a really great fiction book, you know, to me mm -hmm. stories and, and just reading is a, a, a spiritual mm -hmm. thing for me. So those are kind of the, if you want to use a word like disciplines or practices, those are the yeah. three things I try to do consistently. Well, and the way that we're, so we're talking about spiritual fitness, but the, the reason I get excited about that is because I think it adds to our overall wellness and wholeness. We, you know, there's mental, physical, emotional, and then we tend to neglect the spiritual part, but I think there's something extremely healthy about uh, a, a spiritual life and the meaning, purpose, hope, joy, all these things that can come from, from, from that part of our life uh, that tends to get a little neglected. It's a little bit mysterious, but we're, we're asking people to try to find an answer to that question. What does it mean for you to be spiritually well or spiritually healthy? And Jesus in John 5, 6, he says, do you want to be well? And so we're looking at, we're looking at, at scripture from more of a wellness lens as opposed to more of a, just, you know, a, a bunch of beliefs and a rigid theology. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. And I think, you know, I think that's the, uh, you know, going back to kind of struggle with, church as it's been throughout history, it, it feels like, I don't know, they always try to churches historically tried to create a belief that they know what it, what it takes to get well, or to be well as a human being spiritually and emotional. And I, I know, even though I love church in so many ways, like it didn't, it never fit me really well. Like there's a mm -hmm. lot of pieces to it that were like, that's, that actually makes me super anxious. You know, like for me, I'm a little bit socially anxious. So even though I am fine in big crowds, like that whole small group movement was always really hard for me. And, um, mm -hmm. there's different things that I was told I was supposed to, I felt like I was told I was supposed to do to be well, where I was like, when I do those things, 
I don't feel mm-hmm. well. Or when I wake up really early and just try to pray, I fall asleep. And then I feel good, you know, it's just like stupid crap well, like that. Yeah. And, and for basically the culture we live in has conditioned us that when you want to grow spiritually, you have to look to the church. And then after that, no one knows what to do. It's the only like handle or handhold people have to reach for. And, but there's so many other things that people can do. We just need to give them permission to do it. And we're trying to just kind of empower people to figure out what that, what that spiritual wellness looks like for them. Of course, we create content to help people with that. But then there's things that they can just do that we, we want to celebrate and, and encourage too, because it's, it, it's a great feeling to figure out, to connect something you already do or something you can do that works for you to your spiritual, your spiritual life. Yeah, that's so good. And that leads, in my mind, that leads, that's like a great segue into beer church as well, because, um, you know, I'll let you explain more detailed what it is, but one of the parts about it that I think, which is interesting because of what I just shared about being anxious in small groups, one of the parts of it that's really, really cool is it's done around tables and in a brewery. And at the end or toward the end, there's always space where you, you get to hear from the people around your table. And even the room gets to hear from everybody should somebody want to share. And mm-hmm. that's one of the great pieces that's different than church as most of us know it is that we're truly learning from one another. And so I remember one time I came and, uh, around the table that I was at, there was a guy who didn't know if he was a Christian or not called himself agnostic. There was a lady who was Catholic, but claimed she'd never had a spiritual conversation before the one we were having. And then Mm -hmm. there was another gal who was very much evangelical in her background. And so it was this just super, you know, out of the seven, eight people at the table, like everyone had such unique perspectives. And so then when the questions were posed, Mm -hmm. like everybody got to share their different lens and it was so just intriguing, thought provoking. Mm -hmm. And you could tell like everybody's wheels were turning because nobody was telling anybody the right thing to do. Everybody was just saying, Hey, this is like what you just asked me about like spiritual practices. It's just like, Oh, this is just how I look at it. Or this is just how I do it. And then it allows you to kind of formulate how you want to approach. It was just really lovely. So anyway, uh, we can get more into that, but just share a little bit more about, you know, what beer church is and, and maybe even why you think it's, it's kind of, I, I mean, from my perspective, I know maybe numbers wise, it's not like there's thousands of people going there, but it's in our little community of Eau Claire, like it's kind of, it's been the talk around town and it's, it's blown up a little bit, which is pretty cool. Well, and I can't wait to tell you, uh, that beer church is coming to Minneapolis, St. Paul this fall. So kaboom. And that even rhymed. So good job. Good job for me. Uh, <laughs> so most churches, I guess the way I'll go about answering this is most churches are centered around, in my opinion, three main things. That's either preaching, worship, or like a denomination. So it's like denominational beliefs that sort of, that's the reason why people go. Hear the sermons or listen to music or to, because their denomination says they, like a Catholic church, you know, you can't miss a Sunday. Um, beer church is structured more around tables and questions. And that's where we try to keep keep our center is around questions and we're question and table centered. And it's not about we don't have some all star player. I tell this story about Michael Jordan's recruitment, you know, that new movie Air with Matt Damon and, and Ben Affleck. Have you seen this? I, I did even not even know it existed, but now I do. So that's cool. It's called Air. I think it's on Amazon Prime, but it's, it's the story of Nike's 
recruitment of Michael Jordan back in the 80s. And so what what they do is they they highlight this guy, Sonny Vaccaro, played by Matt Damon. He travels across the country. Uh, he 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 goes from like Portland to Wilmington, North Carolina. And so one of so so he does this to go see Michael Jordan's mother, Dolores. And this is all connected back to Nike's founding principles. There's a list of them. You can find them on Google and they're really they're really fun to read. Um, but one of them is break the rules. And so he he breaks Sonny Vaccaro breaks the rules. He's not supposed to go. And he goes to visit Michael's mother, Dolores. And basically that visit is the catalyst to like Michael signing the most like lucrative shoe deal of all time in 1984. I tell that story and I just wrote about this recently um, because that's what Beer Church is doing. It's breaking the rules. It's kind of messing with the system a bit in in order to achieve some greater good or greater goal. Um, and I think we just, the church is not good at encouraging rule breaking. And by rule breaking, I'm not talking about anything criminal or immoral or like don't chug the holy water or streak through like youth camp. Okay. Like, but I am talking about like looking at the life of Jesus and seeing a savior who was, he was flipping tables. He upset religious authorities. He was against a lot of these institutions, stood up against the hypocrisy and judgment. And he broke all the rules in order to, to prove to all of us that love wins. Right. So um, the church needs somehow to reclaim this idea of, of, of breaking the rules, but also getting back to being human. And we want community we have questions and, you know, food and drink <laughs> breweries are just like the perfect spaces for that without all the seriousness and the intensity that comes with trying to fit in that stereotypical Sunday morning box. Yeah. And it's really cool because even though you are the one that heads up Jesus Fit and Beer Church, you know, the one unique thing about beer church is there's a different person up front sharing every single time. And yeah, in the history of beer church, which is over a year now, you've been up there sharing what once, twice, and Anna's done it maybe once as well. And right. so, um, you know, it's always a different person and that person is, would not always, I would say most of the times they identify as a Christ follower, or as a Christian, but not always mm -hmm. like you've had people up there that wouldn't identify that way. And, um, we, just, we need more non-Christians to speak to. I think that would be, yeah, that would be awesome if they'd be willing to do it. So how, how brave is it that, you know, what Jesus fit is a Christ following organization, but you're not scared to have people who would not identify the same way lead something that you're doing, which I think is amazing. So, mm -hmm. yeah. All right. So if people are, I yeah, know we try to say like, go oh, ahead. Sorry. <laughs> the, the connection is a little spotty sometimes where I'm at here in central Wisconsin. So can you still hear me? Absolutely. Okay. No, I just said like, we tried it. Like one person told me one time after a beer church night, they just said like, everyone's, everyone's equal around the table or everyone's voice is the same or something like that around the table. And I try to, like, we've been looking for, like, I'm not sure if I'll do a beer church at a brewery that has square tables. <laughs> no, I love that. Yeah. You know, cause it's just like you want, yeah, that's what we're trying. We're trying to let everybody, it's a space for everyone to be heard and not feel judged and where they can bring their, their full selves. And, um, that's a difficult thing to try to create, but the space of the brewery sends a better welcome than I think my words could have ever 
accomplished so far. So I, I think there's there's massive potential with with doing this in more cities and um, getting more people on board with uh, the, the 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 concept. But yeah, and I think you're right. Like you walk into a church and your everything about you tends to tense up a little bit. You know, like you have to right. mind mind your p's and q's. You walk into a brewery, the exact opposite thing happens. Right, you just relax. Mm -hmm. You know, you're there to have a good time, great conversations. And so it just, even the, I'm, I've always been, Susie and I both have always been just huge believers that your environment matters a great deal. And so yeah. the fact of where you're meeting does matter, even the, you know, the shape of the tables, I think all that matters. Well, well these days, everyone's talking about safe spaces, which I think is really important. And you got to feel safe in order to be yourself. And the church should be specialists at this, but we're, we've proven that we're not, we're not good at creating safe spaces for people to bring their full selves. And we just need to like shake our heads in disgust at that because we've we've all, I guess, been a part of some of the creation of that. And that's in some ways, beer church is my way of just saying, hey, we suck. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> right. we kind of screwed up and we need to maybe repent and and apologize to a huge group of people that we've isolated or left out, um, sometimes not intentionally, but just because of how you know, our buildings and how we've chosen to do ministry and the authority of it all. Um, so we're trying to create something new that's, that's, that's truly welcoming. And the yeah. space has a, a lot to do with that. So good. I love it. Okay. Give us the details. If I want to go to beer church in Eau Claire, if I'm nearby there, when do I do that? Or if I'm, if I'm hearing this conversation, I was like, I'd like to know more about starting a beer church in my community just uh, let us know how people can follow everything or if they want to do a, a Jesus fit uh, practice, how would people uh, jump on board with what you're up to? Yep. So just go to getjesusfit.com. And some people ask, what well, is Jesus fit separate from beer church? And no, they're the same. Jesus fits the nonprofit and then beer church is just an event we do. Although beer church seems to just sort of sell itself and uh, is really, is really growing. So um, maybe at some point we'll separate the two, but for the time being, you just go to getjesusfit.com and then you can see our, our events, you click on beer church, all the dates are on there for Eau Claire. And then if you're in Minneapolis or St. Paul and you want to be a part of, of that, that is going to be happening October 11th at Broken Clock Brewing on a Wednesday night. So we, we give you the weekends off. <laughs> I love it. All right. Thanks, Brian, for being a part of the conversation. Make sure you keep track of everything that's going on with Beer Church. And then reach out and let us know what cool little renditions of faith gatherings you're doing wherever you are out there in the world. We'd love to hear about it. Uh, you can find anything that's going on with Chasing Goodness or me at mattkinzera.com. But until next time, let's keep chasing goodness together. <laughs> <laughs>